Welcome in OUAZ Spirit fans. My name is Seth Askelson and thank you for joining us again today for another episode of the Founders Podcast. This time, it's one program, but two great faces of it. Today, we're joined by men's basketball head coach Matt Keeley and men's basketball head assistant coach Adam Hepker. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Seth, great to see you today, man. Just uh, kind of like everyone trying to find, uh, find ways to kill time. Yep, doing great, Seth. Thanks for having us on. Uh, yeah, so uh, both of you, first we'll start with you, Matt. Uh, how are you and your family doing? Obviously some crazy times going on now, and it uh, seems that at least to some extent we might be coming to the end of some of the crazier stuff, uh, but how are you and your family doing through all this? Yeah, we're in our routines here. We got our, you know, homeschool and stuff going on in the morning and daily walks, and, and um, you know, like anyone, we're thankful for the time we get here, this extra slowed down pace but certainly anxious uh, to get back to at least a semblance of normal, um, hopefully as soon as possible. Hep, how about you? How are you and your family doing? Yeah, um, I am driving my wife crazy, uh, so things are going well. Um, no, we've only we've got one in school, so that the the homeschooling is a little bit less for us. She's doing great. Uh, it's more of a wrestling match with the other two, trying to keep them out of my wife's hair. Um, but it's been great to have some time together um and work from home and have a little break it, it just so happened it was right after our season I felt like it was decent timing um but we've had a long enough break it's time to go back to work now Hop, have you been doing uh any of the teaching or have you been on kind of <laughs> security duty no uh, security strictly security crowd management uh type stuff I let my wife the former educator do all the teaching well that's good that's good um so for both of you guys, um, like you said, the season ended at kind of a, or this all happened kind of at a good time. Your season was ending up, unfortunately, no postseason to, uh, postseason play despite having a lot of success throughout the season. But what do you think those guys, um, whether it be at the NCAA or the NAI level, who were getting ready to go to these national championship tournaments, uh, what do you think those thoughts and feelings were when they finally heard that um, it wasn't going to be a possibility this year. Well, obviously, you know, with Coach and I both being able to have been a part of those, both as players, each of us got to go four years when we were each players, and then multiple times as coaches, um, you know, it's a special thing to be able to play in the postseason, and especially that NAI National Tournament that, you know, is legendary. Uh, so I'm sure there's some disappointment. There's got to be some disappointment. But what it also provided is now you had 32 teams that are able to say, oh, man, if we'd have had that game, we'd have made a great run. And, and so, um, you know, a lot of those guys still are going to end up being bonded together because they got to play their whole season. And they, you know, were able to qualify for these national tournaments and, and maybe even the thought of the, the chance of making a run because they were playing well at the end of the season uh, is better than, than maybe a first-round exit that, that could have been on the horizon. I think what, what goes unnoticed a little bit, Seth, is there's I've seen some stuff on social media and some interviews from kids is the thought process like, well, we'll be back next year. You know, we'll, we'll make a tournament run next year. And it's just maybe not the case. Winning's really hard. Getting to the postseason is harder. Winning in the postseason is, is next to impossible. So it's a, it's, a, it's a shame for a lot of programs because some of these teams had rosters you just won't ever have again. And, and the right fit and the right connectedness. And, and uh, so it had to be really, really hard because who knows the next time, you know, you'll have a group special enough to take you into uh, the postseason. 
Well, you talked about special groups, and, and you really had one this season in the third year. Um, Demetrius Moore playing his final year, a guy who's been with the program uh, since the start. You had uh, the bringing in Shea Lawson, a guy who bounced around from NCAA D1s, as well as Brian Carey, who also played at the NCAA Division One level. Uh, those three guys were all over the top ten, whether it be nationally, whether it be in the conference. What did those three guys do for your, you and, and your team this season? Well, for sure, those three guys, um, even in the early stages of our program here, have, have been special guys. You know, you mentioned all of them, and D ended up being the all-time leading scorer, you know, in school history and getting over 1,000 points and um, all kinds of record holders. I think Brian holds the record for uh, season assists, maybe career assists, uh, one game, you know, single game assists. And, and that's what's cool about being part of a new program is, is some of those things that you get to set as the foundation. And so we're just going to keep trying to build on what those guys did. Obviously, you know, we want to be better. Um, we found out that the, their high end was good enough. I mean, we were competitive against the top teams in our league. We were competitive against some Division One opponents we played in exhibitions. And, and even at the end of the year, you know, we were able to get on a little bit of a streak there, winning our last two at home. Um, so, so definitely guys that are, are foundational to our program. Um, but, but not satisfied like everyone, you know, you always want to be uh, a little bit better. I think what's special about those three is D is a guy that's been with us from the beginning, Demetrius, and one of our hardest workers, awesome in the off season, a guy that lives at home in the East Valley and drives, would drive over constantly for our open gyms and weights and workouts. Um, and then two one-year guys who, who bought in from the get-go. Shea actually moved here last May, uh, about a month after he committed to us and said, Hey, I'm coming out there. He had been off for a year. So had some rust to chip off. You just, you don't at our level where, uh, you know, we don't get them all summer, like a division one program may, you don't hear that a lot. And for Shea to move out here for D to be driving over, uh, BC came down from Denver two different times, uh, to do one week stints with us where we tried to get ahead a little bit and, and spend some time with them in the summer. I think that speaks to those three guys. Um, who, when you're trying to implement two one-year guys into a program, it's really tough if you try to do that in September and October, two months before the season. But when you have a giant part of your summer, uh, I think that was really, really helpful because we, Coach and I, felt uh, more ahead than we would had we have, you know, only had a couple of, of months to practice with, the, with a couple of new bodies. Now, does that make for both of you, with those guys coming down, shame moving, um, in the summertime, BC, Brian Carey coming over for a couple of weeks during the summer. Does that make you feel good about what you're building that there's guys who are literally traveling across the country just to come in and, and play in your program? Well, I think that's a huge thing that we value even in recruiting is, you know, we kind of refer to them as OKGs or our kind of guys. And those are guys that we don't have to beg to be in the gym. You know, we, they want to be in the gym. And so if we're able to provide that, especially in the summer, um, it goes a long ways because the great thing about basketball is the more you play, the better you get. And especially that, that's true individually. And that's true as a group. Um, you know, our, our history is that you play all summer, uh, you get together, you play open gyms and, and just through getting yourself in shape by playing all year, getting used to teammates by playing all year and just having uh, an attitude that feels like you deserve winning. Uh, doesn't mean you will win, but you, you've laid, uh, you put in the work, that lets you feel like, hey, it's a tough game. It's late in the season. We're on the road. We've been at it since all summer. We've, we've, we've put our work in in the weight room. We've put our work in individually. 
you know, uh, we've done all this stuff, we deserve to win, um, is, is a really, really important part. And, um, you know, again, those guys started that, uh, but we have to continue to find guys uh, that want to do that, that stick around all summer long, that'll play in our open gyms, uh, so that this becomes, you know, a program that is able to do some, some things at an elite level and do it consistently. And to be honest, that's, uh, to me, that's what makes this, this time of year now set difficult on Coach and I is we are missing out on player development opportunities with our team. You know, we are not going to sign three, four, five-star recruits. We're just not at our level. And we, the guys that we do sign – we believe we can make better. We have to make better. And then the time we do that is now it's in the spring and summer. Uh, and that is driving us nuts. Uh, our system, the way we play is unique. Yeah. It takes uh, a while to, to implement that system and for our guys to hear uh, coach and I's terminology over and over. Uh, and so we're really missing that right now. We're doing the best we can with some, some weight stuff on their own, our strength guys, uh, coach Cody and coach Robert have been awesome. Uh, but obviously we're missing a huge aspect of it, of being in the gym, because those are all closed. The parks are closed. Um, our guys are doing the best they can, but um, it'll be really interesting, not just for us, but for every program in the country to see where guys come in at. Uh, you'll know right away who's been working and who hasn't. Um, but man, that's a huge part of our success and has been in the past. And, and that's driving Coach and I crazy. Well, you talk about development in our last episode with Kristen Steele, the women's volleyball coach, she talked about doing Zoom meetings with her team and, you know, making sure they're working out and, and finding these different ways to still stay connected with them. How are you guys kind of working through this where you're, you know, obviously, like you said, parks are closed and it's hard to get to a basketball court, but making sure these guys are staying focused, whether it be physically or mentally, and making sure they're at least somewhat prepared once things open back up. Yeah, we haven't done as much stuff maybe um, with the physical part of it. You know, we're, we're finishing up classes this week. And so getting guys used to um, taking classes on Zoom or taking classes online, you know, has, has definitely been something um, we've been trying to do. We have, like a lot of teams, we have a giant, you know, group text thread that, that everyone touched base on. And whether it's a LeBron and, and MJ GOAT debate or, you know, it's something that uh, is today's workout that comes across there um, or, or something like that it, it is a way that we connect the most consistent. You know, Coach and I will reach out and give guys a call, and, and that's for our own good. That's for their good. I mean, just even to remain in relationship uh, in some fashion here um, does my spirit well just to talk to the guys, you know, whether I get to see them shoot a basketball or dribble a basketball, you know, um, we'll get back to that when the time is right. But, but right now it's just a mental health. It's an academic health. Um, you know, certainly some physical stuff with the push-ups and the jogging and, and trying to do that cardiovascularly um, is kind of the, the, the way that we've been doing it uh, at this point. Our guys have forgotten, Seth, in, in our group thread that they are constantly being evaluated uh, because some of these guys, our players are trying to tell us that LeBron is the best player of all time. And so <laughs> we're close to docking some scholarships and, uh, and cutting some guys if the slander uh, continues, because as we relearn every Sunday night, watching the last dance, there is only one go. So if our guys are listening, they need to lock it up in our group thread. 
Well, I'm glad I'm not on the team because that definitely would mean my scholarship would be docked uh, <laughs> immensely. So, but when you talk about goats and, and the greatest of all time, when you look at mid-American Nazarene basketball, we could have that argument with you two right here. I mean, through the 2000s, that really the top two names were Matt Keeley and Adam Hefker at that school. And uh, what was your guys' experience like? I mean, Matt, you were there first. Adam, you came in after. But your experience there and and – you know, just what that was like to play at that level. Well, I think most of all the credit for that, the, the common thread through that is, you know, our coach and, and he's a legend coach, Rocky Lamar. You know, he's taken several teams through different decades now to final fours and, you know, was able to win it when coach Hep was there, won the whole thing. And, and, you know, so we're looking back and, and there's obviously things that we steal from him. You know, I think the thing that I take from him the most is just how good he was at building relationships uh, with his players. And, you know, he did that just through a shared passion. Uh, one of the more optimistic people um, I've ever been around. You know, we, we could be in the middle of a 9-9 nine and nine start or a two-game losing streak. And, you know, at practice the next day, he's got the plan on how we're going to run off 15 in a row. And it was really contagious, uh, just the way that, that he did that. Um, even as a coach, nobody really put in more time as he did. And, and he didn't necessarily put in time by watching film or, um, you know, breaking down opponents or, or different things like that. I mean, he did those things. But where he put in most of his time uh, was into his own players, whether it was individual workouts or open to the gym for open gyms at night um, or just even conversations in his office uh, where he would get to know guys and, and get to know about, you know, where they were with their families or where they were at school or, you know, sometimes most importantly, where they were, how they were doing spiritually. And, you know, it, it was a guy that you respected because of how much time he put in and you knew that he cared for you. And so you played hard, not maybe because of the old school, hey, I'm afraid of this guy, but because you loved him and you wanted to represent um, his efforts, you want to represent, you know, certainly a passing of the torch. You know, you mentioned Coach and I, but before us, truth be told, there were many, many All-American players that came through that in the, in the late 80s and throughout the 90s. And, and you know, um, while we played, since we played, since we coached there. So tons of good players. A lot of those guys came in and Coach made better. But certainly, you know, my biggest takeaway from that program was just his investment that he'd made in relationships and in the creation of belief. And you didn't want to disappoint him because of that relationship. Um, and Coach and I, we're huge on that. Um, and, and again, we're missing out on that a little bit with our offseason stuff. But some of those players, those all-time greats at Mid-America, you know, still checking on I and uh, on Keeley and I and the point guard lineage you know coach Keeley was the point guard from 2000 2004 and then I was the next four years well before that there was two point guards for the previous eight years and so in 16 years there there was coach Lamar had four guys at the point that just played it all the time and those are all guys that, that Keeley and I talk to on a regular basis um, and so that's just you know, that's family and, and a program. And as Coach said, passing the torch, um, I think that's my biggest takeaway. I, every single one of those guys could play and won a lot of games. But they're all good husbands and fathers, and, and we all stay in touch today. And I think that's what Coach and I are trying to get going out here is, is 
we want a lot of four-year guys. Of course, we're going to sign some transfers, but we all want them to be become a part of us. And when they leave here, stay invested in our guys and be proud of what they left behind, proud of the legacy, um, so that long after they're gone, they can come back and be proud of, of Ottawa, where we're at because of what, uh, you know, kind of the, the framework that they laid. So, Matt, a question for you in particular. Uh, you're, the year after you finished at Mid-America playing-wise, you became a graduate assistant during Adam's first year, his freshman year. From you as a coaching standpoint, what did you see in him as a player his freshman year, and how did you see him develop into a guy who eventually became not only a national champion but was named the tournament MVP as well? Yeah, I mean, so you're competitive – and as a 23-year-old, I wasn't a coach as much as I was a player still. Now, my eligibility was gone, but playing is way more fun than coaching. Uh, I'll tell anybody that. Now, coaching might be the next best thing, so that's why I enjoy it so much. But, you know, if, if we could all still play, I think we'd all choose to still play because that, that's way better. Um, you know, part of Coach Samar's deal of optimism and belief um, – was very good copish. So I think that first year I played a little bit of bad cop uh, for Hep and was able to uh, probably let him know that there were things that, you know, the point guard right before him did better uh, maybe than, than he was currently doing as a, as a little skinny 18 year old freshman um, stepping on the floor. And, and um, you know, it's really a thing of, Hey, we had at that point been to uh, I think it was six straight national tournaments and so, you know, Hep was bound and determined that, you know, we weren't going to miss one of those things on his watch. And so even the summer before play, uh, being a freshman, you know, in, coming out of Iowa, he gave up his senior year of baseball with his high school buddies and moved to Olathe and worked out for, I think it was eight weeks and played in those open gyms. And now the first day of practice, he's, he's two months ahead of everybody. Um, you know, the story I always tell is a little bit long, but you know, he came in that first year when we went to the national tournament and we went to the Sweet 16 in his postseason meeting. He thought, hey, that's pretty good. And, and we were like, well, you know, we were at the Elite Eight three of the last four years, so it's not that good. So he kind of put his head down. Well, how do I get better? And he always accepted that. And so he started doing individual workouts in the morning at 6 in the morning uh, in June and July before camp started. And that next year, they, as a sophomore, they go to the Final Four. And, again, he's like, hey, I was an All-American hey, we went to the Final Four in that postseason meeting. You know, we challenged him and said, look, we've been to the Final Four before. And so he said, what's the next step? And, and a little bit, you know, like the last dance exactly was he started now bringing those teammates to his individual workouts. And so now he's got five or six or seven guys getting together every morning uh, in the summer to work out and – it gave it didn't guarantee anything right but it's what gave him a chance and they go on and he's a first team all-american and they win the national title and and uh you know they're probably a blown acl away from winning it twice um but it just goes to show um you know how it's a process which is unfortunate you know you want instant gratification especially in today's world but it also is hard work and it's it's also discipline and so you know, those are the things that Coach embraced. He took it to another level than even guys before him had and, um, and was able to, to reap the rewards. And one of the cool things was the night they won it. You know, I'm sitting in my living room watching it on television, and, you know, they, they win it. And it wasn't an hour before the game was over, and he's calling me. And, 
we're celebrating on the phone for 45 seconds and I can still remember that phone call and just the thought that he would reach out in that way was always special because you know I wasn't even there but just a, a head nod a tip of the cap like hey appreciate it and and some of that stuff was pretty cool. Now Hep for yourself um, obviously coming in as a freshman you're the old point guard is now a, a graduate assistant on the coaching staff what was your and a first impression of, of Matt when it comes to uh, not only him as a person, but him as a coach. Yeah, so I had known Matt. Um, man, I had been going to Coach Lamar's summer camps since the eighth grade, since I was in middle school. And so I had known Matt for a long time. Uh, on one of my recruiting visits, I stayed with him. Um, and so this is a guy I had known for a long time. This is a guy I had, I had competed against for a long time. And, and you're talking about two of the most competitive guys, you know, on the planet and coach and I, and he graduates as a senior. He's an all American point guard, 22 years old. And we play all summer long and, and he's playing his best basketball of his career. His confidence is, is as high as ever, as ever. I come in as a freshman that summer, Seth, as a 18 year old scrawny high school point guard who knows nothing about the college game. And I think it was, Keeley's mission to teach me a lot about the college game that summer because him and his alums would put a group together and play against us every night from eight to ten and for for June and July we just battled the whole summer long our current mid-america team uh, versus the old alums who could really really play and coach got to tell a story so I get to tell a story too um, it's late in the summer it's in July We've been battling all summer, and, you know, we now, would fight. Now, when you start the story, when you say battling, who had been winning most yeah. of those battles through that <laughs> summer? I'm choosing my words carefully here. Seth, we had gotten drilled all summer long uh, by the alums who, who, who could hoop still. <laughs> and we just couldn't get over the hump. We couldn't beat them. And it was – I mean, I would cry. I hated losing to these guys because you didn't just lose to them. They would let you know about it. Uh, when you when you lost to him uh, and so it drove me crazy uh, I wish it would have drove my teammates more crazy well it's it's late in July the summer's almost over and we're playing on the main court it's the last game of the night so it's probably 9 45 uh, and it's a back and forth game it's physical you know we play defense calls fouls Seth uh, there were not a lot of fouls called in that game because the defense was not about to call one um, and we go for uh, we're on a fast break, and we're about to win this thing. Uh, late in, it's, we have 18. It's game point, Seth. And Keeley tackles me at midcourt. I mean, this is not like a Euro stop the break foul, get me on the arm. He barrels through me, and the ball's rolling loose on the floor, and our 6'9 guy, my roommate, picks it up, and, and Cal lays it in uh, before Keeley – key words here – before Keeley calls a foul <laughs> on me. <laughs> So Cal lays it in and Keeley goes, no, 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 hold it, hold it. I fouled Hepker right here in midcourt. I got him. I fouled him. And we just, I, we go nose to nose and we just start shouting at each other. I say, no, you didn't call a foul. We laid it in. It's over. It's game. And people are just watching us lose our minds, probably laughing hysterically at us. Well, I'm bound, I'm bound and determined to get my team off the floor, Seth, because we had won. Keeley was not going to leave the floor. We wanted to start. We wanted to play one more game that night. And Keeley was going to stand at midcourt while we tried to play the next game. And so I take my guys out in the hall, uh, my four teammates, and we go get a drink, and I, and I huddle them up. I say, guys, look, when we go back in there, 
Keeley's going to be standing at midcourt. We're going to start the game. We're going to play. And we're just going to run around him. It's fine. Let Keeley start at midcourt. <laughs> and so we all go out there and guess who's standing at midcourt just still shouting at us, going crazy. Well, finally, one of his, his uh, more wiser teammates, Adam Oots, big 6'6 guy, comes and basically picks Keeley up and carries him off the floor like, all right, Keeley, uh, it's time to let go, man. It's, it's their team now. It's, you know, they're the future. And that was kind of a defining moment for our team because we had finally beaten the alums. Uh, you know, new point guard had finally beaten old stud point guard. Uh, and we got really, really good after that. Obviously, had a great four years. But that was a night where, you know, we talk about passing the torch to the next group of players where Keeley made it tough on us. But that's exactly what he was doing. Um, and, and, you know, after that, we, we had a lot of success. Did you guys think at any point when uh, after you guys were nose to nose that you would ever become an assistant coach at a at your own program? You know, I don't know if we were even thinking about yet coaching and all those things because, like I said, we were still playing. Um, you know, we were able to work together for five years and then compete against each other as coaches on the other side of it. Uh, it has certainly been an absolute blessing to have coach work alongside us here for the last three years, because as you can see, and, and I think even just as inviting Hep onto this, um, I mean, we're side by side in all this stuff. I mean, there isn't a part of the program that I don't trust Adam with completely. Um, and, and what a giant value that is when you start a brand new school, it's not easy. And when you start a brand new program, it's not easy when you're a first time head coach it's not easy. And we're all three of those things at the same time. So easily, you know, the, the most important guy that we've recruited here in the first three years is Adam. And, and, um, you know, I think he knows that we, we share that stuff. We certainly disagree. We certainly uh, battle at times, but it, it's never, it's never detrimental to our program. It's never detrimental to our relationship. And, you know, those times of, of history together here in the last 10 to 15 years um, are one of the things that make us, uh, I always say that we might think differently, but we speak the same language uh, is the best way to say it. Like we're not always coming up with the same ideas, um, but when we do talk, it's the same language and we know how to speak to each other and we, we're always moving this thing forward, um, hopefully uh, quicker than might have otherwise been done, you know, if, if there was a different staff um, put together. So Matt, you were just mentioning about the idea of same different ideas, but same language, right? You guys are both on the same goal. And really for both of you, what is it like to have a coworker where sure you might have different ideas, but you know, the same goal is, you know, building the program and, and winning a national championship. I am thankful Seth that I get to work for coach Keeley because he, as he said, he trusts me with any part of the program. But to take that a step further, he allows me, he trusts me to do uh, essentially whatever I want with the program, obviously with, with his blessing. And usually that's, as he said, we're on the same page with that. But, man, he lets me coach. He, he lets me lead film. He trusts me on, on guys we recruit. You know, it's not a situation where, yeah, Hep, I need to see him. I need to go see him live. Uh, if I throw a name at him, uh, which I try to do a lot, it's, hey, go get him. Do your thing. Uh, and, and let me know when, when you need me to get involved. Uh, and so I, there's a lot of coaches, Seth, who don't get to do that. They are hands in their pockets at practices. I've seen it. And uh, that's just not the case with Keeley. Um, I get to sweat with our guys. I'm involved. 
and he is trying to help me get ready to be a head coach. Um, you know, there's aspects of this thing that I don't do as well as him, obviously, which is why we're a good team. And he's trying to make me better at those. I would like to be a head coach someday. I'm young. I'm not in a hurry, especially because I get to coach with him and, and in Arizona at a brand new school, which we're proud of. Uh, and we want to get this thing going here before we go our separate ways. But uh, this has been, and at every stop I've been working for Coach Lamar and Coach Schaefer at Grandview, it's been growth for me. Uh, and not all coaches can say that when they get to a new spot. You can, you can literally take steps back when you go to a program and don't get to do as much. So uh, the fact that he, he allows me to do so much and trust me has been huge for me. Uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, I can continue to, to do more and more and prepare myself for whatever's next. Now, Hep, for you, um, you won the national championship in 2007, were named the tournament's most valuable player. And, you know, Matt talked about, you know, what that phone call was like after you had won. But what was that, that feeling like when, you know, the, the buzzers, you know, the clock hit all zeros and the backboard lit up red and the buzzers were going off and, and you were officially the national champion? Yeah, it was, it was awesome, Seth. Um, it, lots of hard work. Um, you know, I felt like we deserved victory. Coach talked about that a little bit, and a lot of teams do and still don't get to reap the rewards with the national title. We had gone to the Final Four as sophomores, kind of got hot at the right time, and messed around and went to the Final Four. And we had our entire group back the next year. We didn't graduate anyone. And, you know, we're sitting there doing our, our postseason meeting that night after losing in the Final Four. And I think it's important for teams to get a taste of, of victory and of postseason success. We had gotten a taste of the Final Four and that experience. And we weren't good enough. We weren't experienced enough to, to be able to go any further than that as sophomores. But the bar had been set. And in that room, we were like, this is it. This is the deal. And our program's history at Mid-America had, had, you know, that had been the deal. Is It's Final Fours. It's about going to the Final Four. Uh, and, and anything less than that would have been disappointing. And so we were on a mission from that night until we got back to campus all off season to go win the whole thing. We knew we would be talented enough. We're all a year older. We had a great summer, uh, as a team, we got healthy and, uh, you know, we obviously we were able to win it, which is great. It's, it's the it's the storybook ending, which doesn't always happen for teams, but golly, I felt like we deserved it. And the bond that I have with those guys, you know, those were dudes that were in my wedding. Those are dudes that call me when I, you know, when you have big events, having a kid or, or birthdays and, and anniversaries and things like that. Uh, so it was special. It's something I'll never forget. Uh, it's something I want to do as a coach. Uh, I've done it as a player. I want to do it as a coach uh, because winning, you know, winning your last game of the year is something only one team gets to do uh, at the national championship level. Now, Matt, um, to have a guy like Adam, who's, you know, both of you had a lot of success as players and, and that, you know, both of you know what it takes in the postseason. What is it like to have your coaching staff built with winners, right? I think a lot of coaches talk about that. You, know, you want winners. You want guys who've won in the past. And for you, it, it starts at the coaching staff, uh, Final Fours, National Championships. What is it like to have that winning mentality with, you know, not only the mentality, but the experience with your assistant coach. Yeah, well, I mean, he helps to set the bar for, for where we're trying to go and, and um, what we're trying to do. You know, a lot of times when you are around winners, 
it's not the winning that they love as much as it's the losing that they hate. And again, that's another one of those coaching cliches, but it, it, it's so true. I feel like is, is what's so difficult um, as, as trying to figure out and define exactly, you know, what winning looks like for us. And, and, and as we head into year four now, you know, the bar continues to raise um, whether it be to make our conference tournament or make the national tournament or, you know, continue to improve our record again the next year. Um, but th that's one of those things that's so great watching, whether it's the one shining moment, you know, that we didn't get to see this year or, or, you know, like you mentioned, the, the buzzer go off and guys celebrate, whether it be an NCAA an NBA, um, you know, whether it was the chiefs this year winning the, the Super Bowl. Or even just sometimes, like Coach and I went down and watched the state championship this year and watching the, the high school state championship in, in Arizona and just knowing and, and respecting each of those teams and, and how difficult it is to be talented enough, be hardworking enough to catch that one break that you needed. Um, it, it's just an, an awesome deal. And usually when those things happen, you know, there's three or four guys – that I'll text and say something along the sidelines of, hey, that looks fun. Let's do that. Might be our current point guard. It might be Coach Hepp. It might be former players that have played for us that are in the coaching business now, uh, which there's a lot of. But, but just the unique feeling of accomplishing something like that as a group uh, it is one of those things that that's, you, know, you almost get addicted to. And, and once you've had it once, you got to have it again, and you got to have it a little bit more. And, you know, ultimately that's what, what drives you. Um, even now as we're sitting in our, our homes, you know, waiting to, to kind of get back to, to whatever uh, next school year looks like. You know, we're sitting there thinking about who's the right guy? What talent does he bring? Is he our kind of person? Um, those type of things are really just on your mind. Most coaches all the time. It's something we're always thinking about. So OUAZ, uh, a school that, you know, you always hear the famous story um, about the, the parking garage story, right? You, you take the recruit up to the parking garage and show them the dirt lot and say, you know, here's going to be a residence hall and a gym and, and a football field. And for both of you guys before coming here, um, you know, working at Mid-America Nazarene as assistants and Happy, you know, you were at uh, Grand View, and Keely, before you went back to Mid-America, you went to Washburn. Why did both of you decide to go from not only a, a program that has winning success, but you both personally contributed to as players and coaches, to a, a brand new program where you had to basically tell kids a dirt lot was going to be a gym in three years? You know, for me, part of it was just the vision. That might be what it is now, but, but where we're going um, to start with, Phoenix is a great place to live. Uh, I mean, people vacation out here and, and come here, you know, at, at different times, and, and we got to choose to live here. And there's been several times that Coach and I will even have conversations like, why didn't we move out here sooner? Um, <laughs> even though there weren't necessarily jobs out here for us at that point, you know, this is, this is a great place from – from things moving and shaking to obviously weather and temperature and all those things. Um, it's, a, it's just a great place to live. You know, who you're working for really matters. Um, you know, our, obviously our athletic director, Kevin Steele has had all kinds of success at various stops that he's been at and having built a relationship with him and, and trusting, you know, that, that he would give us the best chance 
um, to be successful and do the things that we want to do out here uh, was huge. But I got to sit down too, um, you know, with, with Chancellor Eichner and, and Dr. Tyner and, and, you know, I just really felt comfortable and, and aligned with what they were trying to accomplish with a brand new school from how we can pour into kids, obviously athletically, that's the thing that ties us all together, specifically basketball, but what we're doing with some of our professional growth days and some of our spiritual days and some of our academics and some of uh, uh, all the things that go together, it just really felt like, um, you know, certainly we're using basketball as a tool to help build, you know, our recruits and our future alums into being, you know, the best people they could be. And, and so, you know, just really spurred on by each of those guys and then by coworkers. I mean, you, you've had Coach Gow and Coach Steele on here, but being familiar with some of the other coaches that were already out here and, and then getting to know several of the people in the athletic department, um, just so many like-minded people that are, are student-athlete focused and care about not just how many games they win, although that's certainly important, um, but the type of people that they're developing both on the guys and the girls' side uh, it just made sense at that time. You know, I, I reached out to um, a professor at, at, um, that I built a relationship with and kind of said, hey, been praying about maybe taking this opportunity uh, in um, Phoenix or in Surprise. Uh, what do you think? You think, how do you know when God's leading you in a certain way? And his response is one that's always stuck with me. And, and he said, you know, there are certainly times in your life where you know God is saying, go through this door and don't go through that one he said but most of the times you know it was his opinion that if you're a follower of God and, and of Jesus that wherever you go he will bless that and and that was kind of a weight off my shoulders so to speak like man am I making the right decision or the wrong decision here uh, professionally or, or, or for my family um, but go and you know give God the glory and he'll bless that and I feel like maybe I could have stayed or maybe I could have taken a different job. And that would have also been true. It's not always yes or no, right or wrong, but it's align that part of it first, you know, get, get to where um, you're living each part of your day to make him famous. And then whatever part of your day is, is something that he'll bless. And, and that's just something, you know, that I, I remember and, and have valued and, and um, have, have taken with me on deciding to come out here and, and launch what can only be described uh, as an adventure. We, Seth, we, my wife and I drove across the country out here in early July of 2017 and met the moving truck here. I think it was like July 4th or something like that and hopped out of the car and it was like 117 that day. And I said, honey, get back in the car. Let's go back to Iowa. This is insane. Uh, I'm kidding. Halfway kidding when I say that, but, um, you know, I believe Keely hit on so many of the reasons why I decided to move my family halfway across the country out here, but I believed in Kevin, I believed in Matt and, uh, you know, we had, we'd always talked about wondering, uh, you know, we'd done it as assistants. Hey, you know, could, could we do this on our own? Uh, and it felt like a great opportunity. It was a really, really difficult decision for me because I had only been at Granville for two years. We were coming off of a national tournament. Uh, I felt like we could get it going there. Uh, of course, when Matt left him in America, uh, Coach Lamar was calling me, uh, asking me to come back and, and be his assistant. Uh, and so I was really torn, but, it, you know, it, it speaks to, to Keely and I's relationship that I, that I chose to come out here and, and uh, 
start a new program. Uh, I'm not sure we anticipated all the challenges. We knew there would be a lot. Um, but I also think, I don't, I don't think any of us uh, regret the decision to come out here and, and get this thing going. So for both of you, um, what was that phone call like, Matt, when you called Adam and, and Adam, when you got that ring from Matt, what was that first phone call like when it was pitched uh, not only about the school, but that, you know, you wanted Hep to be your assistant coach? Well, I'm pretty strategic and smart. So I had started laying the groundwork with coach way before I even took the job. You know, it was, hey, this is what it looks like. How interested are you? Started giving a little bit of the recruiting pitch um, before I had ever said yes. And it, it even got to a point like, what percent are you in if I go? You know, like if I say yes, what are you, are you 90% with me? You're 95% with me? You know, like uh, playing out, laying out the scenarios. Um, like I said, just because how valuable that spot is and knowing them. And, and certainly you can do it with all kinds of different guys because there's so many talented coaches out there um, that at every level, whether it be locally here in the West Valley at the high school level or all the way up to the Division One level, you know, um, and, and everywhere in between. Um, tons of guys could have done the job specifically for helping us recruit or helping us come up with good plays or different stuff like that. But kind of the intangibles was, was the thing that obviously made me seek after Hep and, and, and know that he was the right guy for it and, and um, you know, know that it would, it, the whole process would be accelerated um, if he was a guy that decided to come out here. So, um, you know, that's kind of how that, that happened um, towards the end of what have been that 2017 season, um, you know, letting them finish out their year. And then as soon as their year ended up, I was literally sitting in the stands in Kansas city um, and being like, Hey, Adam, we need to talk. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Sorry about that loss. Uh, why don't you step into my office for a second, uh, which was a hallway at municipal auditorium. And, uh, and so um, certainly put the pedal to the metal there. And I, I believe I, I'm pretty sure that was the year that Phoenix also hosted uh, the final four for the division one level. And, and so we were able to tour it um, and walk around and stand on the infamous parking garage and, and trying to try to see the vision. And, and you really had to close your eyes and, and believe and how awesome has it been that even just in a short three years, how different that campus looks right now. And, and it's gone from, you know, the, one of the bottom of the conference spots to certainly one of the top two or three destinations just based on dorms and facilities and location and gym and then just the whole package and um, every single time every single time we bring a recruit on campus it's this is way better than I thought it was going to be and and so we got to get them back on campus uh, we're certainly doing some things with some virtual tours and and um, you know live stuff that that uh, the campus is doing there to, to help people get a glimpse of it um, but, but that is how I remember that conversation going, you know, almost three years ago now. Hep, how about you? What was that like when, you know, Matt first called you about it? And like you said, he was laying the groundwork, but what were your feelings? And when did you know, you know, it wasn't just 90% or 90, it was 100%. I'm ready to head uh, to surprise. Yeah, it's a great question. It was, 
it was late in the year uh, when he threw the idea out at me and, and obviously said, hey, finish strong and, and go get to the national tourney. And, and didn't want me to, to be distracted, but wanted it to certainly be in my mind. And, and uh, I was excited initially. I mean, I was excited for Matt because it was a potential opportunity for him to be a head coach. Uh, there are only so many college coach, coaching opportunities and, and uh, for us to have a couple of them is a big, big deal. And so I was excited for him. I was excited about, uh, you know, potentially coming out here with his family. Obviously, our families know each other well and, and working for Kevin and some of the other coaches in our department who we had knew, uh, known previously from, from Mid-America. So my initial reaction was I was excited, but certainly had some work to finish up at Grandview and some, and some hard conversations to have, too, with, with uh, my coach at Grandview and, and Coach Lamar. And, uh, you know, my parents lived in Iowa and, and – uh, didn't love like hey you're, you're awfully close right now at Grandview wait wait you're gonna move again out to Arizona so uh you know some of the good and bad that and it all works out but that that comes along with this coaching industry but uh yeah I was excited and, and it was it wasn't long after our year was over to where I had sat down with coach Schaefer at Grandview sat down with coach Lamar and, uh, at Mid-America and uh even as they're pitching me and and, and, and trying to keep me or, or recruit me in the back of my mind. And I knew I, I had my mind made up. I knew where I was going. We we're going to see if we could do this on our own and, uh, and have a chance to work together. And, and uh, so it did not take long after our year was over for me to know that that was, that was the spot. Now I've talked to Matt Gow, uh, the men's head soccer coach, and he's mentioned that uh, in the early days, uh, sometimes a coach's office would be, kind of middle school cafeteria style where you're sitting on a long table and, and you're sitting next to each other and all of a sudden you hear the bell ring from down the hallway uh, due to a commitment from a player no matter what sport it is. What is it like to go from a situation like that to, uh, you know, and promising kids something that didn't even, even exist, right? Like the framework for the gym wasn't even there. What is it like to finally see everything built up, everything that you've promised recruits to come to fruition? And, and now you guys have your own space, whether it be the office or the locker room or the gym, to finally start building your program to the level you want to get it to. Well, it's one of Thanksgiving um, as to some people that have made this happen. You know, obviously from our, our leadership on campus to some great Ottawa alums and donors, um, that have just really, you know, gone out and, and believed in, in the things that we're doing. Um, not necessarily specifically me, but just in the Ottawa community. Um, you know, so, so it's definitely one um, of, of Thanksgiving for those guys and, and all of that. But we were very careful. And I think this was true all the way across the board. Uh, the guidance of, of Kevin was to under promise and over deliver. Um, we knew that the gym, you know, was maybe on the horizon four or five years down the road and it shows up in year three and, you know, some, some of the same other stuff. And you know, we're not initially postseason eligible in the beginning of our, our you know, time there. And, and you know, people that want to play and win want that as an opportunity. And, and so, you know, we, we kept track of some of the things that were struggles. But we were very transparent. That's how we've always been, you know, maybe even to a fault at times, Coach Hep and I. Uh, whether it be a scholarship amount or where we're going to play or who we're going to play against or um, any of that stuff. We just tell them how it is. Like, hey, we see you as maybe a guy that's on our varsity, but maybe not in our rotation. Or, hey, we're recruiting you to be 
um, this or that. And, and we just always lay it out very matter of fact. So um, it, it just makes for easier conversations in the future, you know, to always just kind of under promise and hopefully over deliver and felt like at this point, you know, OUAZ is certainly over delivering, you know, on, on a lot of the stuff uh, that our student athletes are able to participate in now. Um, whether it be even postseason opportunities or, or you know, um, facilities and, and stuff like that. So certainly has, has quickly turned into a great place. You know, I think I saw, or I think uh, Jim Carr, the president of the AI, said the other day that there are more student athletes at Ottawa University, Arizona than any other NAI program in the country. And, you know, that speaks a little bit to our design and how we want to do it. But this is a place that athletes want to be. And, you know, it, it's, it doesn't take being on campus now very long to, to start to picture yourself as being a college student here. And, and so not knowing the direct stats, but people that come visit and people that end up deciding to come here, it, it's a high percentage. You know, if we can get you to come visit, as long as it's not in July, like Coach Hep talked about when it's 117, <laughs> short of that, you know, it, it, we have a really high um, rate of getting people here because when they see it, they're just blown away. But, you know, practicing in a high school, not having your own office space, which isn't a giant deal, but not having your own facilities to show off dorms and cafeterias, it changes your perspective. Um, the coach said, we're, I mean, we're just beyond grateful to have our own space and it's not your average space. There's not a lot of NAI facilities nicer than ours. So uh, we're appreciative and, and we want to maximize that space now and there's no excuse for our guys not to, to get in there and, and get their extra work in with all the room and baskets we have. But, um, you know, every time coach and I walk in there, it's like, I mean, it's just, it's still new to us and, and it's, you still, you get excited, you get fired up walking in there because uh, Willow was an awesome host and a gracious host and, and we made that work. Um, but to have your own locker room and gym to walk into now, our perspective is so different. We're so grateful. Um, well, that's a, that's a space we can recruit to. Uh, you know, that's a space that it doesn't matter what level guys have been at between that gym and that weight room and our training room, um, they get excited about, they're fired up about. Uh, so we're excited about doing that here. A couple of big things happened this year, and we'll start with the opening of the gym. What was it like? You know, you guys have been practicing in there for a few weeks and, uh, you know, obviously walking in there with the lights on, but no video board, no fans, things of that nature. But what was it like? when you finally got into the building and the lineups were being introduced and the video boards going and the fans are ready to go, what was that feeling like on night, on night, on game night one? Yes. It was finally like, okay, home. You know, you, when you say like, Hey, this is a place we got to play well, we didn't have to travel to it. You know, um, obviously that first, First game at home, you, you want to play well. And so winning was a really big deal, especially kind of in dramatic fashion there at the end. And and even in this short time, one season, you know, we were able to beat, I think it was three top 15 teams in the country uh, at our place this year. Um, and so having a winning record at home um, in our one year there uh, already, um, you know, it's a home court advantage. It's such a giant advantage. I think the plus minus is like four for playing at home or on the road. And we were talking about it being a multiple possession advantage. You'll be in a 94 foot floor, um, having our crowd and our student body there 
you mentioned the video board, video board which is just incredible. Um, there's just a different vibe or a different feel when you get to come out of your locker room, go down the hall and, and run onto the floor that has, you know, your colors and your logo and your, all your stuff on it. Um, your own home announcer, you know, all that stuff that plays into it. Um, it it's, it's really, really important. And it, it was awesome. And while he was enjoying our, our video board, uh, Seth, before tip, I was worried sick about how we were going to score on Ember Riddle's zone, uh, their matchup zone, and, and how we were going to guard their motion. It was my scout. I was freaking out. Uh, and so I let – you know, that's what we do as assistants. We let our head coaches enjoy the moment <laughs> and things like that while uh, our chest hurts about how we're going to score and stop the other team. Well, hopefully uh, you'll be able to enjoy it a little bit more once the next season comes along. And um, I mean, you talked about uh, both of you guys do an immense amount of preparation, whether it be for games or for recruiting. Anytime I walk into your office, I see at least one whiteboard that's just scribbled all over and just kind of speaks to how much you guys plan. And one of your guys' uh, best game plans came to fruition when you guys snapped the Masters 47 game home win streak at that time they were ranked number seven what was it like to not only take down a top 10 team in your own conference but to snap a winning streak that had been going on for a very long time well I don't remember mentioning the winning streak to our guys and and it was actually I do remember coach Hep after maybe four or five minutes of celebrating in our locker room afterwards being being like the winning streak like just like coming to his head like Oh yeah, we also did that. And part of that is it, it just shows how hard it is to win in our league. Our league being one of the better ones in the country, you know, for back-to-back years, half the teams in our league have qualified for the national tournament. Um, you know, two years ago, we had the number one seed in the national tournament. Um, so to, to win a game in our league is substantial. To win a road game in our league is, is especially a big deal. And then to go into a place where no one had beaten them since before our school existed. I mean, that, that win streak was longer than our school's history of existence. Is a really thing that we're proud of, you know, in the short time where, um, you know, that, that's a big deal for us. You know, our first win uh, in program history, I, I certainly remember that one. It happened in dramatic fashion. A buzzer beater at the Masters is one that's a dramatic fashion. Those are ones that we'll tell stories about as we grow it. But eventually we want to get to the games where I can't believe we lost that one time instead of I can't believe we won that one time. And, and so we'll have to continue to, to battle that. But I'm certainly proud of the, the effort we had that night and our team coming together and, and just showing that, you know, our best is good enough to play with some of the best teams in the country. Now, can we do that as a program consistently? That's something that we're going to continue to work on so that we can have celebrations like that um, more often. We got off to a great start in that game, Seth, um, which is huge on the road. Your start's so important, just creating that belief. Sometimes it's just making a shot. And uh, Jake Sauter came off the bench for us and I think hit three threes early, uh, which just got us going. And, you know, you kind of look at each other like, okay, uh, you know, we're going to be here all night uh, and our guys weren't intimidated and, and all of them made plays all night long. You know what, obviously we love to play fast. We love to get up and down. 
it's teams like the masters where you have to do that. Uh, you cannot play those guys five on five in the half court because of their talent and their size and their athleticism. You just can't. And we ran like crazy in that game. We got a lot of easy ones because of that. Um, and with that in mind, they still made runs at us. And our guys were so tough and gritty uh, because they put runs on us in every single time we responded. Uh, you know, they came back and, and tied it. BC misses a floater at the end, uh, which I thought was going in, and, and Kareem has the sense to hang around and, and get a tip in. But, um, you know, just our resolve that night, I remember how connected we were that night. I remember uh, how locked in everybody was. And, and, of course, you remember the celebration and enjoying it afterwards. But uh, winning is hard. Winning is really, really hard. And road wins are gold, as, as Coach talked about. But certainly a night we'll remember, certainly – that uh, feeling that we want to repeat a lot here in this young program's history. So young program, but uh, going to enter year four next year for you guys. You've accomplished a lot kind of single game wise, right? Beating top ranked teams, breaking winning streaks, defeating rivals and, you know, opening gyms. But next year, what has to happen or, or what are you guys shooting for to be seen as success as a success and, and to take another step forward in the building of this program? You know, kind of the Nick Saban philosophy when it comes to that as a guy that, that's so good is, is just as simple as winning today. And, and so it's a little tough to answer because a lot of times recruiting for NAIs happen late uh, with some of the things that have happened here, both with the NCAA rules changes and with the virus um, recruiting has slowed down even more. So there are major parts of our roster that we haven't completely filled yet. Um, we continue to recruit every day as hard as we've probably ever recruited um, here. And, and so I uh, can't totally answer it as far as like, Hey, we want to win 20 or we want to go to the national tournament. The other thing that's changing next year is the NAI is changing their national tournament. You know, it's going to become a 64-team um, tournament, which is going to be cool. Uh, and, and they've done a great job of sending out how you qualify for that and the ARC and, and the Raiders. And, but no one's ever been through it, so we don't know exactly what it looks like to qualify for that. Um, so just to simply answer your question, we want to be better this year than we were that last year, and, and we want to be as much better as we can be as possible, uh, which is not uh, that fun of an answer. Um, but – I do really like where we're at. You know, I do think that um, bringing back at least four guys that have been um, substantial, substantial parts of our program is going to be helpful. We've signed two guys that I'm really uh, excited about for our varsity group uh, at this point. And we're going to hopefully add four or five more. And once we get our roster set, you know, into June, beginning of July, we'll start talking about, hey, how can we get better today? And how can we get better today? And how can we get better today? And obviously have a glimpse down the road of, of some of the things that we want to do as a team. Um, but, but it's just probably unfair to talk about in whatever this is, the end of April. Today's Wednesday, right? I got the right day of the week. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. I forget, um, you know, being able to say, this is what we're going to do. And if we do anything less than that, you know, it's a disappointment. How about for you, Hep? Yeah, we got to have a great recruiting class. Obviously, it starts there. Um, you know, the two ways you get better this time of year are you recruit, you add new bodies, and, and your current guys develop. 
Um, and we spoke to that a little bit. Uh, so it'd be great if we could have part of our off season here, but sign really talented, high character guys that want to be at Ottawa um, and that believe in what we're building and then continue to develop the guys we have. That has to happen this summer. Uh, and then once that's in place, you know, as quickly as you can, you got to build chemistry uh, and, and culture with your team and, and grow connected, which is so important. Because um, once you have the talent, uh, if we're able to do that uh, and your other guys are continuing to get better, then it's about who is who's the, the closest and who which team is on the same page and the toughest and the smartest because of how connected they are. So it starts with recruiting. It starts with player development. Uh, but then it's on coach and I to, to bring them together and, uh, you know, teach all those guys what, what we believe their role is and how to dominate that role and, and buy into that role and, and then see where it takes us. Well, gentlemen, we're really looking forward to what next year brings, no matter uh, when it eventually starts. Uh, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And uh, we're looking forward to what's next for OUAZ men's basketball. Seth, great awesome. job today. Thank you. Thanks, Seth. Play fast.